Friends, our gospel lesson today comes from Luke's gospel, chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. He took them with him and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, send them away, so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a lonely place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all of these people. There were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and made them all to sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed it and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled up. What was left over was gathered up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you have seen and heard more than a few times already, our theme this stewardship season is come to the table. At its heart, this is an invitation to come and be served. And it is an invitation to come and be the one serving. Which, when you think about it, is what it means to be the church. To encounter something and receive something so transformative, we can't help but do everything in our power to share it with others. Now the most important table, the capital T table, is the Lord's table. And we say it every week that Jesus himself is the one who invites you. And it's where we remember all of the other tables he gathered around. There is another table, perhaps a lowercase t table, that is Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. I hope you all know yourselves to be invited to both tables. But if you aren't sure today or you haven't been sure before, let me be clear whether it is the capital T table or the lowercase t table, you are welcome and you are invited and it will not be the same without you. Now many things happen at tables. The most important and the most natural, of course, is a meal. The gospel is absolutely stuffed with shared meals, so much so that when Jesus' followers first became the church, the first thing that the world noted about Christians was that they ate together. Only one of these stories, however, appears in all four Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. And Matthew and Mark go so far as to tell the story twice. Now, every account of this story agrees on a number of details, including that this miracle takes place in the Eremos. That's the Greek for a lonely place, a deserted place, a wilderness place. 
Every one of them uses that exact same word. Now, I love the wilderness. If we are talking about the geographical wilderness, each summer for the past few years, my friend Jessica Tate, you have met her. She preached here this past summer, and in 2007, she was your David Reed scholar. Each summer, Jessica and I find a couple of other friends, and we go to one of the most remote places I have ever been. We go up to the Boundary Waters, which is the system of lakes that runs between Minnesota and Canada. And for a week, we paddle further and further in. For a week, we couldn't use a cell phone, even if we tried. And for a week, because the area is so highly protected, we encounter maybe two or three other people. And if we do, it's only from a distance. And for a week, if we want to eat, we are dependent either on the food we bring with us or on the fish we catch along the way. If someone says wilderness to me, without any context, that is the image that comes to mind. And if we had read from Matthew or Mark's version of this story, you too might be thinking of that sort of setting right now, or perhaps the day trip version of it. Someplace set apart, because that's the way that Matthew and Mark describe it. But Luke's version, we're reading Luke's version today, because Luke takes special care to give this story a much more specific setting. This wilderness place, this deserted place, he says, exists right in the middle of a city called Bethsaida. They are lonely in the midst of the city. We live in one of the largest cities anywhere. Have you ever been lonely? If you have, and we all have, you know that loneliness can exist anywhere, even in a place where you are entirely surrounded by people. It is in this lonely place in the city that the disciples find themselves, and when the long day draws to a slow close, they approach Jesus and they say, send them away so they can go somewhere else and find what they need. Send them so they can go away. I wonder if them might be one of the loneliest words in the English language. The most defining thing about them is that they are not us. Jesus responds by saying, you give them something to eat. But what Jesus is really saying is, don't send them away. How about we all eat together right here? We have a good number of young people in this congregation who have started new schools this year. Now, schools here, they don't work quite the same way they work anywhere else I have ever lived. In those places, you could be sure that at least a few of your friends from your old school would end up at your new school. 
That is not a sure thing around here. And I bet that all of you who have started new schools, I bet you understand perfectly why Jesus says, how about we all eat together? Because you have walked into a cafeteria in a new place and looked around wondering, where on earth am I going to sit? And that question has very little to do with actually eating your lunch, doesn't it? It has everything to do with who you're going to eat your lunch with. If anyone's going to invite you to sit down with them, or if anyone will look up from their meal and smile, because meals are about nutrition. But when Jesus talks about meals, they're always about relationship as well. Don't send them away, Jesus says. How about we all eat together right here? That is what the kingdom of God looks like. Jesus was teaching them about the kingdom of God right before supper time. Now he's showing them what it looks like. It was a while ago now. Robert Putnam published a book titled Bowling Alone. It examines the shifts in American community and culture. He pointed to the decline in social institutions, everything from the Rotary Club to the Boy Scouts to homeowners associations, and yes, even to churches. He pointed to all of the places that Americans used to connect with neighbors, and none of them, not one, is as strong as it used to be. In the most recent statistics I could find, nearly one in four apartments in Manhattan are occupied by one person. And in New York City overall, all five boroughs, that statistic increases to one in two apartments. Fifty percent of New Yorkers live alone. Now don't get me wrong, I live alone and I love it. I think there's even a time when living alone feels like something of an accomplishment, when you can afford the rent all on your own and you don't need that roommate anymore. So I don't mean this as an overall critique, but rather simply an observation. As a people, we are alone more than we ever have been before. Where this gets worrisome is where the research gets even more specific. An article in the New York Times titled, Is Loneliness a Health Epidemic?, notes that especially in the United States, and especially in large urban areas, it's the poor, the unemployed, the displaced, and the migrant populations that suffer most from loneliness and isolation. Their lives are unstable, and so are their relationships. When they get lonely, it reports, they have the least access to adequate social or medical support. Now, as this study notes, it is especially prevalent in urban areas, areas where we are used to being alone. Because the more accustomed we are to being alone, the less concerned we are when others are alone, even if their aloneness is not by choice. 
This is why Jesus says, don't send them away. How about we all eat together right here? And this is why I am so grateful for our outreach ministries, for the open table where a meal is served every Thursday to anyone who is hungry, and for the overnight shelter where up to 12 men find a place to sleep and, yes, some food to eat. This is why I am grateful for all of you volunteers that make it not just a meal and not just a cot, but a place to be, a place where our guests are seen and respected, a place where they are fed in every sense of the word. Don't send them away, Jesus says. That's why I am grateful that you... Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church, you come to the table and you make sure that others can too. The English word companion comes from the Latin. It means with and bread. A companion is one with whom we share bread. And I think Jesus understood this. The disciples said, send them away, and them is a lonely word. But to Jesus, there is absolutely no them. There is only us. So why wouldn't we eat together? Because that's what the kingdom of God looks like. You give them something to eat Jesus says, and so everyone eats together and everyone is filled, filled with bread and fish, but also filled with companionship and community, with hope and holy expectation for the future, filled with all of the things anyone could ever hunger for. They were lonely in the city. And so Jesus told them, don't send them away. Let's all eat together right here. Let's all sit down and eat together and talk together until none of us could ever imagine sending anyone away again. You give them something to eat. So church, who are you going to eat with this week? What table will you sit down at? And who will you invite to join you? Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.